you came ready for church, ready to hear from the Lord today. I want to say hello to all of you visiting online or maybe joining us at one of the jail campuses or at Belize Central Prison or one of the other prisons that might be streaming to the iPad you're watching right now. We are so grateful you're with us today and we believe in you. Come on, church. Welcome those joining us online. I love y'all. Well, this is week number two in our series called Faith That Pleases God. I wonder if anybody else is wondering like me, I want to have the faith that pleases God. What kind of faith does it take to please God? And we've been in this series, and I just want to encourage us in our time of fasting and prayer, there's no better topic than faith to go with our fasting and prayer. When you put those two things together, God can do impossible things in our life, and that's what we're believing for. And so we're going to continue our series. Last week was a great message. If you missed it, make sure you go back and listen to it, mainly because Pastor Kyle preached it, and so he wants you to know it was a great message. But it was, it was a message on, we're, we're studying the life of Elisha in this series, and we're looking at the faith of Elisha that he had. And last week, we started in 1 Kings chapter 19, and we saw as the prophet, one of the greatest prophets ever, which was by the name Elijah, God told Elijah, go anoint Elisha. Find him and anoint him. Set him apart to be your successor. He's going to become a prophet for me. Go anoint Elisha. And we watched it as Elisha did that. And then we watched as Elisha had the faith. We called it plow burning faith. He had the faith to step out and follow the call that God just showed him was on his life. And the Bible tells us he burned all his plows. He burned all of his plan B. There was no plan B. He was just going to go after God. And he followed this prophet Elijah. And he became, Elijah was a mentor to Elisha. And I want to pick up the story there. And let's see what kind of faith did Elisha have. Let's read together. We're going to read in 2 Kings chapter 2. Verses 7 through 14. So if you have your Bible, you can open it or it'll be on the screens for you. But it says this in context. What's happening is Elijah knows his time on earth is almost done. He knows he's about to leave and Elisha knows it too. And so let's see what happens. It says this. 50 men of the sons of the prophets also went and stood at some distance from them as they were both standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his cloak and he rolled it up and he struck the water and the water was parted the one side and to the other till the two of them could go over on dry ground. And when they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, ask, what shall I do for you? Ask for anything, Elisha. I'm about to leave. What is it I can do for you before I'm taken from you? And Elisha said, please let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. And he said, you've asked a hard thing, yet if you see me as I'm being taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so. And then as they still went on and talked, behold, chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and he cried, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw him no more. Then he took hold of his clothes and he tore them in two pieces. He was mourning, grieving that he had just lost his mentor. And he took up the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him. And he went back and he stood at the bank of the Jordan. And then he took the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and he struck the water saying, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he had struck the water, the water was parted to the one side and to the other. And Elisha went back over just the way he had come. The title of the message today is this, Double Portion Faith. 
I wonder if anybody in the room has the faith to ask God for a double portion. You see, Elisha had double portion faith in the, one of the most important moments of his life. I want you to see it again, 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 9 through 10. And so it was when they crossed over that Elisha said to Elisha, ask, what may I do for you before I'm taken away from you? And Elisha said, please let there be a double portion of your spirit upon me. So he said, you've asked for a hard thing. Nonetheless, if you see me go up, it shall be yours. Now here's the thing I was thinking about. Elisha could have asked Elijah for anything in that moment. You see, Elisha, most commentaries and, and theologians believe he had been following Elijah for six to seven years. He'd been watching Elijah. He knew that Elijah had called up to heaven and asked God to send fire and God sent fire. He knew that Elijah had asked God to defeat an army enemy by striking them on fire and God did it. He knew that Elijah had asked God to hold back the rain and God held back the rain. And then he asked for God to send the rain and God sent the rain. He knew that he, Elijah had raised a widow's dead son from the dead. He knew that Elijah had miraculous provision. God fed him through ravens and fed him through widows. He knew that Elijah was good on that promise. Elijah said to Elisha, ask me for anything you want. What is it you want? What can I do for you? And I'm most impressed by what Elisha asked him for. You see, in that moment, he asked for a double portion, and that's impressive. But I'm more impressed with what he asked for a double portion of in that moment. He could have said, give me a double portion of blessing. I want my life to be blessed. I want my finances to be blessed in my home. I want a double portion of blessing. He could have said, I want a double portion of health. I just want to stay healthy and I need a double portion of health. I want a double portion of God's favor. I want to be famous in everybody's eyes. I want to be the prophet that you've been. I want a double portion of plows because I burnt them all last week. <laughs> he could have asked for a double portion of anything. And it would have done it. God would have done it. He knew Elijah could provide it through, the, through God. And in this moment, Elisha looks at Elijah and he said, I want a double portion anointing. I want a double portion of the power and presence that's on your life. I want it on my life. I want a double portion of God's presence on my life. I want a double portion of supernatural heavenly backing on my life. I want a double portion of the power that I've seen on your life. I want it on my life. I want a double portion anointing. In that moment, Elisha knew that what he needed to ask for was not double portion blessing and double portion help. These are all good things. But he knew what he needed in that moment. I need anointing. I need a double portion anointing. And my goal, my mission today is to convince you you want it too. By the end of this service, I hope that God convinces all of us that what we need is a double portion of his anointing on our lives. Now, let me define anointing for you so that you understand what I'm talking about. The best definition I could give you of anointing, if you combined all the scriptures, is this. Anointing is the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit resting on our lives and empowering us to serve God's purposes. That is what was on Elijah, and that is what Elisha wanted. I want the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit to rest on my life and empower me to serve God's purposes. 1 John chapter 2, verse 20 says this about anointing. It describes it. It says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. You've been set apart 
specifically gifted and prepared by the Holy Spirit. And all of you know the truth because he, the Holy Spirit, teaches us, illuminates our minds and guards us from error. In this moment, Elisha said, I need a double portion anointing on my life. I need the power and presence of God on my life. And he had the faith to ask for it. And so I'm hopeful that all of us in this room before the day is over, before the service ends, has the faith to ask God for a double portion of his anointing to rest on us. I wanna share with you two things about anointing to stir your faith and increase your faith so that you want this from God. The first thing about anointing we need to understand, number one, the anointing is essential to all of us. That's why Elisha knew, Elisha knew, I can't succeed you, Elijah, unless that anointing that is on you is on my life. I can't take over and do all that God's called me to do unless the anointing, the Spirit of God, rests on me like it does you. Elisha knew it was essential. It was the thing he needed to be able to walk out the life that God called him to. And I propose to you, there is something you need. It's essential to your life and it's anointing. It's the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit resting on you for you to fulfill all that God wants you to fulfill. See, Elisha knew that this anointing, this power and presence of the Holy Spirit on his life would be essential to him walking out what God was gonna call him to do. But not only Elisha in scripture knew that, you know who else knew they needed anointing? Jesus. In fact, if, if you don't know this, when we say Jesus Christ, the word Christ in English, in both Hebrew and Greek, it means the anointed one. I think too often we make the mistake as followers of Jesus to think when we read the scriptures, when we open the Bible, when we hear the messages, that Jesus did what Jesus did on the earth because he was Jesus. Well, of course he healed the sick, he was Jesus. Of course he raised the dead, he was Jesus. Of course he resisted temptation and had no sin, he was Jesus. But I'm here to tell you today and encourage you today that Jesus didn't do what Jesus did on the earth because he was Jesus. Jesus did it because he was anointed. He was anointed by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit that rested on his life in such a portion that he healed the sick, he raised the dead, he resisted temptation, he broke free from strongholds, and he broke others from strongholds and delivered people from oppression. Why did he do that? Well, because not because he was Jesus, because he was anointed. The anointing was essential even for Jesus. Let me show it to you in scripture. Luke chapter four, verses 18 through 19 say this. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is Jesus speaking. He's giving his first sermon and he's quoting Isaiah 61, which was prophesied about him. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor, sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. Jesus did those things because the Spirit of the Lord was upon him and anointed him to do those things. That's why he could do those things. He was anointed. Acts chapter 10, verse 38 said this, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. If you don't believe me, I hope you believe me there. There's no clearer way to put it, that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then, everybody say, then. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. It's important the order that came in. 
God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. And then he went around doing good and healing all the sick and delivering the oppressed. I think so many of us, I wonder if like me, I spent a long time of my life trying to do good, trying to be spiritual, trying to be enough so that God would anoint me. But that was in the wrong order. God wanted to anoint me so that then I could go resist temptation. I could break free from the strongholds on my life. The yoke of the enemy could be broken off my life. That I could resist sin and repent quickly to sin. That I could be led by the Lord. That I could understand his word. That I could lay hands on the sick and they would become well. No, the power of the Holy Spirit anoints me. Then I go live out what God's called me to live. That's what it was in scripture for Jesus. He, it was essential that Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit. John chapter three, verse 34 says this, for he, Jesus, is sent by God. He speaks God's words for God gives him the spirit without limit. I love that phrase. Forget double portion. I'll one up you, Elisha. I'm gonna get the spirit without limit. When God anointed Jesus, it says he had the spirit without limit limit. It was essential for Jesus to be anointed. It was essential for Elisha to be anointed, but it didn't stop with Jesus. It went on to his disciples. Jesus knew it was essential for the disciples to be anointed, to walk out the life that God was going to call them to. In fact, look at it. Matthew chapter 10, verse one said, Jesus called his 12 disciples together and he gave them authority. He anointed them to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. In this moment, Jesus let's takes the anoint, asks God for the anointing that's on him to be placed on the disciples, and then we watch as they live out this life that God called them to. Luke chapter 24, verse 49 says this. Jesus is speaking, he says, I'm gonna send to you what my Father has promised, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. In other words, he says, it's essential don't do anything until the power from the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It's essential. You can't live the life God's called you to unless the anointing comes to you, unless the Holy Spirit rests upon you. And Jesus told his disciples that. Acts chapter one, verse eight says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit, that's the Lord, he really wants to speak to us right now. I'm telling you, it's anointed. No. He said, take her. <laughs> what? <laughs> He's coming back to get him. <laughs> Acts chapter one, verse eight says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. You will receive power. You will be anointed when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and then you're gonna go be my witnesses. You're gonna do things that you can't do in your own strength. You're gonna do things that you can't do in your own power. You're gonna be delivered from things. You're gonna resist things that you can't do in your own strength. I just wonder how many of us are trying to live out this life with God in your own strength. You don't have it. You don't have it. You know what you need? Anointing. You know what you need? The power and presence of the Holy Spirit to rest on your life in such a way that you can live out what God calls you to live out. It was essential for the disciples. And then it doesn't stop with the disciples. It's essential for you and it's essential for me. 
The disciples knew that and they continued to pour out and impart anointing to others. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to be touched by the Holy Spirit's power. After you're a follower of Jesus, you need to be touched by the Holy Spirit's power. I wanna give you three things that anointing does, again, just to stir our faith, that you understand what it means to your life and why God has it for you and wants it for you. Because this is what I wanna say, the things I'm talking about today are not a denominational thing. This is not a charismatic thing or a Pentecostal thing. It's a Bible thing. It's a spirit thing. It's a God thing. It's a believer thing. And so here are three things that the anointing does in our lives. The first one is this, it marks you with God's presence. Elisha, it was known that Elisha was God's and God was Elisha's. It marks you with God's presence. It seals you as one of his. When I'm anointed by the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit fills me, it marks me with God's presence. Everywhere I go, I carry that presence with me. When you're anointed by the Holy Spirit, you carry the presence of God everywhere you go. Wouldn't it be nice if we didn't only have to come in here to experience the presence of God? What if you could take it with you? What if it could be in your home? What if it could be in your classroom? What if it could be in that factory that you work in? What if it could be in your marriage? What if it could be in your family? What if, no, we are marked by the presence of God and we carry the presence everywhere we go when we're anointed by the Holy Spirit. Everywhere I go, when I show up in the room, you should feel the presence of God come in because I carry it, I carry it, I carry it. Now I can quench it and I can grieve it and you come next Saturday to prayer and I'll teach you all about that, how to protect the anointing. But for today, you need to know when the anointing rests on, when the Holy Spirit rests on your life, you are marked with the presence of God and the enemy knows it. The enemy knows it too. We wanna be marked by the presence of God. Here's the second thing that the anointing does, and it's this. It sets you apart for God's purposes. Uh, it talks about the anointing. When the anointing is on us, it sets us apart from the world for God's purposes. Think, I, I can't tell you how many prayer cards I read this week every morning at 6 a.m. and I would pull them up from students and adults alike and from the jail campuses and everywhere that sent in their prayer requests. And over and over and over, the number one request was, I feel like ending it, I don't feel like I have purpose. You know what they need? Anointing. They need the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon their lives. Because when the power of the Holy Spirit, when anointing falls on your life, it sets you apart for God's purposes. No longer do you wonder if you have purpose. And what I'm not saying is that you have to change your job and it takes you into ministry and it makes you do something different than you're physically doing. It just means that you know you are his and he is yours and you are marked for purpose. And when you go into that factory, you go in with purpose. You have a message. You have a presence that you carry. You go to the same job with different purpose. You could go to the same classroom with different purpose. You could go to the same family, same house with different purpose because the anointing sets you apart for God's purposes. Everything I do now has purpose for the Lord. I work as unto the Lord. And when I go to Walmart, I go with purpose. You gotta go on purpose. And you need to go anointed to Walmart. Don't go to Walmart unless you're anointed. The spirit that is there will get on you. You better bring the Holy Spirit with you. The anointing marks you with God's presence. 
and it sets you apart for God's purposes. And the third thing the anointing does is this. It backs you with divine power and authority. I feel like many of you are with me up to those first two. But now here I am. Did you know that the anointing on your life, when the Holy Spirit rests upon your life, it backs you, he backs you with divine power and authority. Interestingly enough for Elisha, this was the thing he knew he needed. He had watched Elijah do miracles. And he's like, I know me. And I don't trust that I can lay hands and somebody raises from the dead or somebody gets well or that the Jordan will part. I don't know how to do those things. And he knew I need a double portion of the spirit that is upon Elijah, which is the spirit of the living God to be upon me. And when it came upon Elisha, the Bible tells us if you go read all the miracles, he asked for a double portion anointing. And do you know he did exactly double the miracles that Elijah did? If you go read all the accounts of the life of Elijah, and we're going to hear more of them as we continue in this series, he did double the amount of miracles. He asked for a double anointing on his life, a double portion anointing, and God delivered it. And he did, he was backed by divine power and authority. Jesus said, he told his disciples and he told us, greater things will you do than you have seen me done. Jesus knew I'm anointed. I'm backed by divine power and authority. I have the authority to walk into my home when things are amiss and I can just tell the atmosphere is off. I have divine authority to command that to leave and to release the Holy Spirit into my home. When my kids, I can deliver demons out of my kids. I do it every day. They keep coming back. I'm backed by supernatural power and authority. And that's not weird. It's heavenly. Every time God brought healing and brought provision and brought deliverance and set the captive free and opened blind eyes and saw the dead resurrected and saw the sick, the woman with the issue of blood healed after all that time. Every time there was a vessel, there was an anointed one. There was somebody that had the power and presence of the Holy Spirit on them that imparted that to the person that needed it. Do you know that there are people all around you that need the anointing on you? I'm going to come in one day and you know what I need? I need you to be anointed. I need you to have the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit upon you so that when I'm sick, you can lay hands on me and see me made well. When I'm discouraged, you can lay your hands on me, speak a prophetic word to me and see me rise again. When somebody is stuck in addiction, that I can lay my hands on them and anoint them and ask the Holy One to deliver them and set them free of what they've been in chains to. I'm just telling you, the anointing, it'll mark you with God's presence. It will set you apart for God's purposes and it will back you with divine power and authority. It's nothing that you do right and everything that the Holy Spirit is able to do through us. The anointing is essential to all of us. It's not just for pastors. It's not just for leaders. It's for the businessman. It's for the stay-at-home mom. It's for the teacher. It's for the factory worker. It's for the student. It's for the baseball player. It's for the truck driver. The anointing is essential to all of us. If we're going to be marked by God's presence, set apart for his purposes and backed by his divine authority and do what only we can do, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. When the anointing comes upon us, things happen. Here's the 
thing I was thinking about. If I were Satan, now contrary to what my children and husbands sometimes think, I'm not. But if I were, before someone was saved, I would do everything I could to keep them away from Jesus. I would, if I were, my strategy, my tactic would be, before somebody is saved, keep them from the knowledge of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the good news of Jesus, the gospel message. I would do everything I could to keep them away from Jesus. But after they're saved, after they've confessed Jesus as Lord in their life, I would do even more to keep them away from the power of the Holy Spirit. Because when a follower of Jesus is anointed by the power of the Holy Spirit, impossible things immediately become possible. Everything changes. Yokes are broken. Some of us in this room, you've been trying to set yourself free in your own strength and in your own flesh. And I'm just telling you today, the anointing is essential. The Bible says it's the anointing that breaks the yoke off of your life. It's the anointing that strengthens me and has, lets me resist temptation. It's the anoint, the power of the Holy Spirit resting on my life that gives me wisdom when I don't have it, that gives me words to say when I can't find them, that gives me steps to take when I don't know which way to go. It gives me anointing to pray for people and see them delivered too. Anointing is essential to what God's calling us to. Here's the second thing about anointing that we would need to know. It's this, number two, the anointing is available to all of us. The anointing is available to all of us. You see, Elijah, again, had been following, Elisha had been following Elijah all those years and had not yet really operated in the power and the authority that he saw Elijah operating in. But then there's that moment and it's as if the Lord says to him through Elijah, what can I do for you? Anything you want, ask. I feel like that's God whispering it to us today. What do you want? What are you asking for in this 21 days of prayer and fasting? What can I do for you? Whatever you want, go ahead and ask. I believe the spirit of the Lord is on that and he is saying it. And Elisha knew that the spirit that rested on Elijah was available to him too. And he knew that's what he needed to ask for in that moment. And he said, I want a double portion of your anointing. I want a double portion of your spirit to rest upon me. It was available to him. And then I love this because this is how we know it's available to all of us. Acts chapter two, verses 38 through 39. The worship team's gonna start to come. I know this was short, but to be honest, God doesn't need me for this message. He just needs me to stir your faith and get out of the way and do what he wants to do. And so I wanna encourage you, we're gonna respond to this message at the end today. But Acts chapter two, verses 38 through 39, if you remember in Acts chapter two, Jesus had told the disciples, go wait in the upper room. Don't you move, don't you leave, don't you breathe, don't do anything. Until what? Until the anointing comes upon you until I send you the gift that I promised you. Because you're gonna need it, it's essential, Jesus told him, to do what I call you to do, it's essential. And so you just wait right there until this gift comes and then in Acts chapter two, we watch as it does. And it says they were in the upper room, they were in a room like this praying, with a group like this. 
And they were calling out and they were waiting and they were waiting and they were just, they didn't even know what it meant. We, they didn't know what was going to happen and what it was going to bring. We just want the promise. God, if you have a gift for us, we want it. It must be good. And they prayed and they asked God. And it says that the fire fell in that room. The Holy Spirit fell upon them and filled every single one of them. It filled them corporately and it filled them individually. There was a corporate touch of fire and then it said there was a flame over every individual head. That, that God had done that. And then if you keep reading in Acts chapter 2, what happens is basically they, they go outside and everybody's like, what just happened? We can tell something's different. Why? Because, well, because the anointing marks us with God's presence. It sets us apart with his purpose and supernatural power and authority follow it. And they saw all of that. And they're like, what's happening? And then Peter, Peter preaches this. And this is what's encouraging us that the anointing is available to all of us. Acts chapter two, verses 38 through 39. Peter said to them, because they said like, how do we get that? What do we need to do? What's happening? Peter said to them, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. That's your first step always. Repent and ask Jesus to save you. And you then, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You will be anointed. For this promise is not just for you, it's for your children. Come on, any parents in the room know that the one thing you want for your kids is for them to be anointed? I just desperately want my kids, I pray it every week over them. May you be anointed by the Holy Spirit. May you be marked by God's presence. May you be set apart for his purposes. May you be backed with his divine power and authority. May the anointing fall heavy on you and convict you quickly. May the anointing do what this hovering helicopter mom cannot do. May you be marked, may you be anointed. He said, it's not just for you, it's for your children and for all who are far off, for everyone whom the Lord God calls to himself. The anointing is available to all of us. I was reading this passage and I'll read it to us in Numbers chapter 11, verses 14 through 17. And it's talking about Moses and Moses was, he was overwhelmed. And he's telling God about it. And I'll read it to us. But, but let me put you in the story. Because God's going to tell Moses what to do and what's going to happen as he does it. But I, I thought about it in the first verses in Numbers chapter 11, verses 14 through 17. Moses says this out loud to God. I cannot carry all these people by myself. This load is far too heavy. I wonder if anybody feels like that. It doesn't have to be people. I can't carry this by myself. This load is far too heavy. This diagnosis, it's far too heavy. This problem I'm facing is far too heavy. This situation in my relationships, it's far too heavy. This thing that I'm walking through is far, I can't carry it all by myself. It's just, it's just too heavy. And then he goes on and we've all done it. And, and he talks to God and he says, if this is how you intend to treat me, just go ahead and kill me. <laughs> Do me a favor and spare me of this misery. And then the Lord says to Moses, gather before me 70 men who are recognized as elders and leaders of Israel. Bring them to the tabernacle to stand there with you. Here's what he says. I will come down. This is what God's telling you today. I will come down and talk with you there. 
and I will take some of the spirit that is upon you and I will put the spirit upon them also. The, avail- the, spirit, the anointing of the spirit is available to all of us. And they will bear the burden of the people along with you so that you will not have to carry it alone. Anointing lightens the load. The anointing is essential. As a follower of Jesus, it's essential to our lives. And it's also available today. And I just wanna encourage you, would you go ahead and stand to your feet and I'm gonna tell you what we're gonna do. We're gonna respond to God today and I've left plenty of time for us to get to do that. Well, not plenty, but enough. So three things that I felt prompted in my prayer time that we're gonna do today. Three different things. One is I'm about to pray for those of you that have not received Jesus as Lord. That's your first step. To have a relationship with Jesus It is the purpose of your life. Life doesn't make sense until you know Jesus. Life will be, all life is hard. Even with Jesus, life can be hard. But then imagine it also not making sense at the same time because you don't have the friend, the savior alongside of you. And so we're gonna pray for those that wanna give their life to Jesus today and maybe that's online too. The second thing is I wanna pray for a corporate anointing to fall. This is what I know. There's a new season coming in 2024. There's a new season coming to this church. We believe that corporately God wants to mark us with his presence, to set us apart for his purposes and to back us with divine authority and power. We need to do like what Jesus saw and he wants us to operate in that. He wants to see blind eyes open. He wants to see the captive set free. He wants to see the oppressed delivered. He wants to see the sick be made well. He wants to see the anointed, the people of God find joy in no matter what circumstance you're in. Peace, no matter what circumstance we're in. There's a fresh anointing that's going to come on us corporately, and I'm going to pray for that today. And we're going to respond to it. And then I'm going to go ahead and ask the prayer team to go ahead and come fill the altar. The prayer team's going to be aligned in this altar, and we're going to worship. We're just going to respond to God. I want you to respond personally. We're going to respond corporately, and then I'm asking you to respond personally. The prayer team has oil today and they're not gonna ask a lot of questions. They're not, it's not gonna be weird. There's nothing goofy that they're gonna interact and ask you to do. They're just gonna anoint you with oil. If you would say that you need a fresh anointing on your life and that you want God to touch you and mark you today, I believe God told me this will be a day that marks every life if you'll let him. And they're gonna anoint you with oil. They're just gonna pray a blessing over you. They're gonna ask the Holy Spirit to rest upon you and fill you today. And I believe it's gonna mark you. It's gonna back you. It's gonna set you apart. Something's gonna begin to make sense. You will go out different than you came in. So if you feel comfortable and you feel led, when we start worshiping in just a minute when I release you, you're gonna be able to come forward and receive prayer. And we're just gonna sit in the presence of the Lord however long we need to sit here and then Pastor Kyle and I can come up and formally dismiss you. If you need to leave at any point, you're welcome to leave. But can I just ask us to just, can we just ask and give space to God for him to do whatever he wants to do? Instead of us having a plan, we go with your plan today, God. What would you like to see done in this house today? And we say yes to that. And so all over the room, if you would like to be in on that corporate anointing, you would say, I'm gonna be a part of God's army and God's family. And we know that we need to be anointed like they did with Moses, that God would take the spirit of anointing and place it on them too. If that's you, you just lift your hands to heaven. We're gonna ask God to anoint us corporately, to use this church in this house 
that those who need to be set free could come in and be set free, that those that need to be delivered would find refuge here, that those that need to be healed would find healing here, that those that need salvation would come and have an encounter, maybe not even before they get to this room, but in the lobby, because of all the anointed ones that are around carrying God's presence and backed by his authority. And so here we are, God, your sons and your daughters, and we say as one, as one body, as one church, as experienced church today, we ask, Holy Spirit, anoint us. Holy Spirit, fill us. Holy Spirit, fall fresh on us today. And would you mark us with your presence today, God? Would you set us apart for your purposes? And would you back us with your divine authority? We know that it's essential and we're asking for it. And we thank you that's available to all of us. May this day mark us as a church. And from this day forward, may we stay in step with your spirit and may we see you do what only you can do, not by power and not by might and not by our strength, but by your spirit. May this be a place of refuge because the presence of God dwells here. May it be a place of purpose because you set us apart here. And may it be a place of power and authority that has everything we need to set us free from the things that are holding us back. And so we receive the corporate anointing now, God. We say, fall on us fresh right now in Jesus' mighty holy name. If you receive that, say amen.